Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Just joined the Prepper Broadcasting Network, where we promote self-reliance and independence. The views and opinions expressed are strictly those of the host or their guests. Visit us in the interactive chat room at PrepperBroadcasting.com. Survive. Thrive. Stay alive. It's time to get prepared with the Prepping Academy Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Prepping Academy. I am Forrest, and we are live on Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're listening to this via podcast, you can always join us at prepperbroadcasting.com. Live on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tonight, Tenderfoot is supposed to be across the table from me. He is on his way. He is somewhat late, so we can rag him in the chat room. Um, Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Prepping Academy. I am Forrest. We are live on Monday night, and it's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Want to welcome everyone. Um, Tenderfoot is just feet away. He will be here in just a second. But um, so if you're listening to this via podcast, you can join us on Monday night on PrepperBroadcasting.com. That's PrepperBroadcasting.com live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And hey, if you just joined us from Blog Talk Radio. And you're like, what is this show that just went live? Well, you can jump over to PrepperBroadcasting.com right now. We have an interactive chat room. Uh, Our guest is in the chat room. And you can listen there, and you can actually chat with us there. And so come on over and join us, and we'll guess who just showed up. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) We technically, you're late. Yes. You're gonna. We're gonna have to have a meeting after this. <laughs> yes, I, I like to keep you on the edge. Tenderfoot is in the house, or sometimes I I write tender food. That's it. I just I just you I did that and posted it, and I didn't catch it. Nor did the producer G Man didn't catch it one time. And I'm like everybody's like tender food. Yeah. It's for babies. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have my own cookbook. Tenderfoot, tenderfoot. Tenderfoot. So tenderfoot <laughs> is in the house. And, hey, our website is PreppingAcademy.com. That's Prepping, with the I-N-G, Academy.com. And um, tonight we got a very special guest. And um, so uh, did you go to um, Purple Camp? I did. So you've been two years in a row, you're, you and your whole family. Yes. And so I know you had to go to Scott Hunt's class, right? Yes. Okay, you did. <laughs> That'd have been embarrassing. <laughs> no, I skipped his class. <laughs> yeah, it's just your class. Oh, just, you did skip my class. No, I did not. I well, it's because to you took it in Charlotte, didn't you? Right. I, yeah. I went to one of your classes. My wife went to both of your classes. Right. Yeah, and she and the, not only did they say that was the best looking speaker. Okay, maybe not. But the best class there, right? No, not even that. Um, she didn't fall asleep. No. Okay. Well, maybe. That that's well, maybe. <laughs> Come on, man. No love whatsoever. Uh, hey, you know what? You can also listen to us via I mean, going back in time. So you can actually call in and listen. So if you're if you're on the road, your data plan, you can actually instead of using your data to listen to us, you can actually call in at 
888-346-0228. And actually call in and just listen to the show, which is really weird. But but we offer that service because we are here to serve. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, And that's what I almost had it in. <laughs> yeah. So, again, um, tonight we got a special guest. His name is Scott Hunt. Scott is... Um, has has written a book. He's he's huge on YouTube. He's always at you know at Prepper Camp. Um, he was a consultant for Doomsday Preppers. He was actually I think in the show on Doomsday Preppers. I think if I remember right. Oh, Brent, yeah, I wouldn't. I think he was. I think he put together a salt team on a house. We'll have to ask him. I think he did. Okay. But he wrote a book called The Complete Guide to Disaster Preparedness. Um, he's got a website, um, Practical Preppers. I'm sure we'll get into that. I have his book in hand. Do, do I have his book? Yes. Okay. I have his book in hand. I've had that book for a long time. So uh, our producer, G-Man, um, we're going to go right to Scott. Why Why waste time with home cheese here being late again? You know, I keep you guessing and it just... <laughs> Makes it for an exciting This is time. all fun and games to you, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we get paid real money to do this. We, we do. Yeah, well, not really. <laughs> it's easy for you. You're already here. And Dude, I have to walk like 25 feet. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Man, yeah. I feel for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure Tenderfoot has his notes. Um <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, we're going to get right to Scott. He is known um, as Engineer775 on YouTube. But, hey, Scott, are you with us today? I sure am. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, loud and clear. Did you hear him? Yes. Okay, we both got you. Dude, we are so happy to be here, you to, for you to be here. Um, little problem last week, but we got through that. Yeah, yeah, and I apologize to everybody. You know, Tenderfoot can be late, but to not show up, that's bad, and I apologize. <laughs> we we forgive you, and I knew there Thank had to you. be something. It had to be something. So, um, and blame it on my kids. Yeah. Well, Scott, that's why I was late. I just uh, I wanted to, to help you out. Mr. Oh, Thank whatever. you, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so one of the first questions, I've got a whole list of questions, and we – Scott doesn't have any of these questions. Oh, okay. Oh, so we kind of talked a little bit today, but you know, this is this is what we call um, freestyling. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. So, first thing I want to ask is, um, how did you? I mean, everyone needs to know how people got into prepping. What got you started in there? And I mean, and when was it? Yeah, um, I guess um, my lifestyle for the last twenty plus years has been homesteading. It's been a hobby of mine. Um, bought a farm here in upstate South Carolina and just have spent the last 20 years trying to comprehend creation and try to copy it, try to figure it out, how to move water, how to make power, how to take the resources on a piece of property and live off of them has been a hobby of mine. And then when the prepping movement started, I'm like, hey, I do all this stuff. This is what I like to do. So I, I feel like I had a kind of a jump start, um, in the, at least in the areas that I've been messing around with for 20 years in terms of pumping water and you know, gasification, all the stuff that I've done that I put up on YouTube. I just felt like – so that's when I said, hey, I've been doing this. So that's when I started a YouTube channel. And then Doomsday Preppers and all that stuff kind of fell into place. But I, I've been doing this stuff for a long time, and it's like, this is what I like to do. I didn't know I could make a, job, a living out of it. So <laughs> that's what yeah. I started doing. Awesome. That is awesome. So also, now when we were at Prepper Camp, you do this special thing on Sunday morning, which I think is really cool, is um, you, we have a sunrise service. And you're the lead pastor there, so – you're not only a prepper, but you're a, a pastor. We need to come up with some more P's for him. So yeah, that's why do practical preppers. <laughs> oh, okay, practical pepper preppers, pastor. Yeah. So tell us about being a, a a pastor and a prepper. And do you currently preach at a church or what's going on? Well, I was. 
Yeah, um, long, I guess long story, I became a Christian at Michelin Tire, kind of a weird um, way to become a Christian, I guess, but that's where I <laughs> learned about Jesus Christ at work and um, became a Christian, fell in love with the Bible, started teaching, learning, growing, and then felt led to start a church, a Bible teaching church, and uh, did that for 10 years. So, you know, to me, the most important preparation is that is to be um born again to be saved and so that's where you know everything kind of started for me um so i you know prepper camp i get the opportunity I, i'm i'm not a full-time pastor at the at this point i'm doing what i've been doing for the last 10 years so um when I, but when there's opportunities i do preach like at prepper camp and other venues so yeah. love teaching the bible and you know, soon I'm probably going to start a YouTube channel on just that. But uh, it's kind of funny. My most commented video on YouTube is my testimony. So um, kind of the most controversial. <laughs> if you want to yeah. check out some fun fun comments, well, I'll check out my video on my testimony on my channel. It's kind of fun. Well, actually, yeah. I've never seen it. I didn't even know it was on there. I mean, I've yeah, seen it's, practically it's all your videos. Okay. It's there. Um, you can search them once you're in my channel. You can search for, you know, my testimony. So anyway, so I've been, you know, teaching the Bible and, you know, feel that that's the most important prep. What good does it do you if you're the best prepper here and you're not prepared to go to heaven? Uh, it absolutely makes no sense. So that's what I tell people first and foremost, you know, are you spiritually prepared? And a lot of people are not, and we have an opportunity. It's like you tell people about getting prepared and you can tell them sometimes to your blue in the face, they don't listen. But uh, it's like sharing the gospel. It takes a lot of opportunities with a person to before it, they finally get it. So You I, know, I, I'm getting ready to make the most controversial statement I've ever made on the radio. Oh, boy. I am right now. And this is, this is in your face. And I'm usually not so much in your face. Is it in my face? No, <laughs> it's in everyone's face. I mean – a lot of people are prepping for hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to stay alive and without what Scott's saying, you know, having um, you a relationship. Know, a relationship. Jesus. That's yeah. what you're doing. That's kind of sad. So I'm. I mean, that was bold. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I'm gonna start preaching. Let you get some comments. Yeah, that should get some comments. <laughs> so you live on a homestead. Tell us if you don't mind. Um, you know, a little bit about your, your homestead without giving too much information? Yeah, um, it's a it's a 55 acres. It's a farm. It's half pasture, half woods. I raise uh, beef cattle. I raise uh, dairy cattle just for personal use, chickens, um, and, you know, lots of gardens. I have an acre of cultivated garden space. Um, I've got a lot of elevation change, so that has helped me to kind of conquer the ability to pump water up to an elevation and gravity feed to a location. I do a lot with farmers um, when it comes to their water systems for their cattle, and I just kind of ported that over to people prepping. It's a really simple. I'm using solar to lift the water and then gravity to distribute the water. So I've got about 6,500 feet of pipe on my property. I've got hydraulic ram pumps, hand-dug wells, uh, commercially drilled wells, uh, springs, spring develop. I have lots of water sources. So when people say, I don't believe you're doing this, I don't believe this works, I say, well, come come see it. And uh, so that usually keeps them quiet. Um, but so, so I have a lot of redundancies when it comes to water with solar water pumps, mechanical pumps, gas, I just a lot of ways to move water. It's just been a hobby for a long time. And then when I meet a customer, and there's always new challenges based on their property and their their needs in terms of volume and distances, and been able to come up with some pretty awesome water pumping systems. So that there's the water part of the farm, and then there's the animal husbandry, and then there's this whole NRCS thing I tell people about. Um, there's programs out there that can help people get started, and then. Um, there's, and then all the solar resource. And so I, I, you know, I've got a lot of hardwoods. So how do I convert that hardwoods into a fuel that I can make electricity with, heat my house with, heat my water with, cook with. So between water, solar, and biomass, I'm pretty much self-sustainable here. And then of course, you know, grow my own food. And so 
not everybody can be perfectly self-sustainable, but I've gone a long ways to show people how to do it with the resources that they have on their property. Okay. Um, that's, that's awesome. Um, I guess that, I mean, one of the things that I do teach is that preppers need to, to work their way to homesteading skills. Cause if you're just saving food and, and putting things back at some point, they may run out, and you really got to have skills like uh, like a homesteader would. Um, so, yeah, preppers I always say die unless they learn the skills of a homesteader or a, you know a farmer. Yes, I do, but I tell them I tell them don't start with that. I actually tell them, you know that's like my book. I said store water, store food, store everything that you need first. Take get this, take the pressure off. You know, right. take a lot of the stress yep. off and go ahead and do this. You can always, you can work on your skills, but in the meantime, are you prepared? There's a lot of people that have a lot of skills, but I visit a lot of people all over the country. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different skill sets, it, 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 but they don't have any stores. They have nothing to work with. Um, there's a lot, you know, everybody gets out of balance. They're good in one area and they're really bad in another. And it's just hard to be, comprehensive unless you're part of a network or a community um, that is, you know, full of all the different skill sets and, and supplies. So that, you know, it's hard for, it's impossible for one person to be the ultimate prepper because he's going to be weak in an area. So, but you know, the homesteading skills, yes, learn them, mm-hmm. but I tell you, you better have water stored. And there's a lot of people in urban environments that are better prepped than people in the country that have homesteading skills. They've got a lot more calories they have a lot more water stored. The homesteader is going to be in trouble if they get 30 inches of rain between May and June, which we've had at one time, you know, and they lose all their garden, their vegetables. So there's, you know, it, it's not just one thing. It's everything. So let, let me ask you uh, this, this one thing. Um, chickens or rabbits? This is an argument that uh, Forrest and I have all the time. Chickens all the way. Chickens <laughs> are the... <laughs> <laughs> That's good because I'm, I'm a chicken guy. Wrong, wrong answer. Of course, is a rabbit guy. <laughs> I, I'm a rabbit guy. I mean, no, you see, I, I, it's not even really a comparison because rabbits are, is for food. Chickens it's are a, mostly yeah. for eggs. Uh, is that not food? What do you say? Say it again. <laughs> is that not food? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. So you need a mixture of both. But you yeah, know, well, I mean, chickens I, you, you are hard to eat. Why? <laughs> to clean and to that's, that's a homesteading skill. Yeah. I can, I, make, <laughs> I can I can take yeah, a live a rabbit of. from a cage, a live rabbit from a cage in a minute and 35 seconds, have that sucker on the grill. How long is it? I mean, we're going to do this well, on the show. Okay. <laughs> Video. Yeah, I mean, I just but I mean, they're they're both they're both good. I just tell people when they start off something and they don't know what they're doing, just to start with chickens. And you know, you know, I've had chickens for thirty years. So you know, it's just what you get. If it's it's like having one gun. If you're good with that gun, I'm very happy to have you by my side. You know, I'm good with chickens. I'm really good at raising chickens. I'm not a rabbit expert, and I just find that chickens are more useful. I can feed right. them year round. I I just there's, I just find the chickens, I can let them go out, and I can do a lot more with chickens than I can with rabbits. That's just my experiences with chickens. Right. Hey, Scott, we're going to take a quick break. Our G-Man's okay. going to play a couple commercials. We'll be right back with Scott Hunt from Practical Preppers. Hey, let's take a quick break. Has your data been hacked? Do you feel uneasy about the vulnerability of your personal information online? Were you involved in the Target, LinkedIn, or Microsoft data leaks? Don't know? If not, then pay attention. Join Forrest Garvin from PrepperNet for a free webinar on privacy and security. Gain insights into safe internet browsing, VPNs, crafting online aliases, secure emails, detecting if your data has been hacked, and managing passwords. Secure your spot today for this webinar on privacy and security. It's free. This webinar delves into comprehensive strategies for bolstering your online privacy. We've got you covered from fortifying your passwords to shielding your financial information and mastering state-of-the-art encryption techniques. 
We're offering two convenient dates to suit your schedule. Reserve your spot now at PrepperNet.com slash privacy. Don't let cyber threats erode your peace of mind any longer. Take the first step toward a safer, more secure online experience by joining us for our free webinar. Remember, knowledge is power when it comes to safeguarding your privacy. Sign up now at PrepperNet.com slash privacy. We'll see you there. You're listening to The Prepping Academy, the information you need before the world ends. Do not buy emergency food until you compare legacy food storage. You already know you need an emergency food supply. Legacy wants to ensure that you get higher quality, longer shelf life, better tasting non-GMO freeze-dried food, and Legacy gives you up to double food for your money. There's a huge secret our competitors don't want you to know. Never compare food storage based on cost per serving, because serving sizes vary. Compare based on the weight of the food. Legacy gives up to double the food for your budget. Visit LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's LegacyFoodStorage.com. Use coupon code PREPPER to save 15% on your order. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze-dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-923-9591. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-923-9591. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Tenderfoot, uh, and I, um, Scott, I see that we have a question uh, in the chat room, and it said, what are your views of an ideal mag? An ideal mag? And caliber magazine what? <laughs> survival group. Yeah, survival group. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, mutual assistant group, a mag. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Um, what are my ideas? Yeah, I have a whole chapter on it. Um you know, I've had some successes and some failures with the groups, informing the, the groups. Um, I have found, I just, for me, it's um, working in a neighborhood. I've kind of put my neck out there, um, kind of like sharing my testimony, and people know what I'm doing on my road and on my in my neighborhood. So um, we've done a really good job, I think, in getting our neighborhood, talking to our neighbors about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so... You know, I do have some people coming here, and that's great, but that's hard if, to get a one central location I have found. Um, I, I, you know, I consult with a lot of people and work for – I have a lot, a lot of clients who struggle with this. Um, so I don't know if there's an ideal uh, – I put in my two cents, and, uh, you know, ideal is having all of, you know, the different skills represented, as many skills as possible, redundancies, backups, of course. Uh, great location. It goes on and on, but um, I just, you know, I'm I'm really focused on my neighborhood, and, and I'm thankful for what we have, and it's allowed allowed us to be uh, in a way neighborly again, um, and actually know your neighbor, and which so that's opened the door for that. So I don't know if that helps, um, but you know, I've had we started off with a group that was everybody was going to come here. And that completely fizzled and failed. And you know, personalities get in the way, and they might not come. And you know, what you know, what's going to cause a person to leave his home? You know, leave their location to actually come to your location? There's a lot of ifs. But if they're your neighbor, well, they're not going anywhere. They're there. So you need right. to work with them. And that's so. To me, it's a neighborhood approach, almost. You know, taking a neighborhood watch mentality. Um, and so I feel a lot more. Um, confident um, that we can actually work together if something happens. 
Yeah, you do have the an advantage a little bit that you're out off the beaten path. Uh, a lot of pe- a lot of people are in the cities, and that's that's still be, going to be kind of rough. But yeah, I agree with you. If you can get your neighborhood yeah. to work together, that is absolutely the best way to do it. Yeah. And those people that I mentioned that are coming are those people that are in that urban environment, and they know they can't stay there. Right. So you know, there yeah. are, is you know they have they you know that's. Yeah, so it's I hate the blanket statement this, but um you know, you know, I feel responsible to help as many people as I possibly can. So, I've taken care of the water and food supply and keeping them warm and I've taken care of the infrastructure for a lot a lot, a lot of people, but I need help for security and other things that I haven't been in that that I couldn't do on my own. Right. So, but there's a lot of people from an urban environment. They've got to get out of there. They got to absolutely. So, next question is: We've got to. I've got to ask this. I've never asked this. Um, I've, I've never really heard you talk about it a lot. Actually, is your consulting days with Doomsday Preppers, and why did you yeah. make, let them make it look like we're all idiots and nuts? <laughs> 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 well, first of all, I have no control over National Geographic or Nat Geo. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then there's also there's always a production company that nobody sees. That was Sharp Entertainment, and so I learned a lot about this whole thing. I was involved with this thing for four and a half seasons. We were on the pilot that was pitched to uh, TLC and Discovery and History, and Nat Geo picked it up. It became it was supposed to be. They asked me, what do you want to call it? And I said, American Preppers. I said, American Choppers works, American Pickers works. I said, American Preppers, like, duh. And they went with Doomsday Preppers. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, gosh. And so it went downhill from the beginning. We just were in a hole from the get-go. Um, we didn't have much say. They asked us if we wanted to be on the show. We said, no, but we would be willing to help you assess the, the whoever you cast. And that's what we did. They hired us to assess people on their level of preparedness. But they also they turned that into, you know, let's make practical preppers look stupid and not tell them what these people actually are doing or how they're prepping. And so it became this just it was unbelievably bad. And we finally just said, look, if you don't let me talk to the prepper, we can't continue this. So it was it was painful. Uh, there was some there were, and then as the season went on most preppers didn't want to have anything to do with it so they really started to get nut jobs to to be cast and people that had felony you know criminal records it's just like this is just going bad um so <laughs> we tried but we you know we had no control over it right um now were you not were you on one of the shows like in the yes. last season when you were um, i think you got they hired you guys or yeah, we went up to um, Lucas Cameron, Seven Trumpets Prepper. We went up to um, his place in Tennessee and to evaluate his preps, but part of it was to test his security. And it was kind of a fun, you know, Southern Prepper One and I and um, uh, David's son. And it was just three of us. We went up there. We're up there at 2 in the morning attacking their house. Um <laughs> Okay, I want to get paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so it was kind of, you know, everybody, you know, was there. They, we, you know, it was everybody had their AKs and ARs and everything was set up and it was pretty helpfully safe. And uh, David Southern Prepper One did the safety check on everything. So the, basically the whole premise of the thing was if we touch your house, you don't have any security. If we can get to your home, you don't have security. That was kind of the premise of the show, and we were able to touch their house without getting shot. Um, and so um, that, so we just kind of said we won. But the whole thing on it was also to highlight that we had night vision and they did not. So oh, yeah. just having having a you know having a, a combat multiplier in your toolkit is is unbelievably helpful. And so, you know, when you, they had, you know, they had eight guys that were trained and, and, you know, had military background, but they didn't have night vision. We did. And so it's, you know, it's two in the morning. They have no, they have no, you know, what can they do? Right. Did they know you were coming that, that evening or that night? Yes. They did? (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
That's and that, and, that, and even that, and, and most people wouldn't know, right? I mean, it's going to happen like a right. thief in the night. I mean, nobody's going to know. They knew, and but we still had a tool that allowed us to be better prepared. Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. So at the end, they did do, I mean, I, I guess it, it started out pretty good. Then it just went downhill. But, you know, they had some very good preppers at the end. They had excellent, they were... excellent preppers. And the, uh, throughout the show, they had, so you could have one show just totally, one episode would be ruined by the nut job. But there was two other families profiled or two groups or whatever. Right. You know, there was groups of three. They were very good. And they had a lot to offer. And I just told people just, you know, look at the show. You will, you will learn something from the show. And people that took that approach did learn a lot. And they picked up a lot of tricks because there was a lot of people with the tremendous skill sets over the four and a half seasons. It was just overshadowed by crazy people, you right. know, doing surgery yep. and on their, you know, pregnant wife in the field and just oh, really yeah. ridiculous yeah. things. And yep. so, but there was, there's awesome. There were awesome people on the show. And it's just, you know, they got overshadowed. Yeah. So um, let me ask you, um, you have a, a company called Practical Preppers and a website. Mm-hmm. You do you do a lot of consulting. Um, a, 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 we do a lot we of all, installation. We, we all know your specialty is like water. But I do remember you did a gasifier. Did you make that gasifier? And did it work? I, I did know, not. Tenderfoot across the table here is really interested in doing a gasifier. I am. Very. Yeah, I, I got into get. I've been burning wood. My middle name is Get Wood, so I've been burning wood forever. And just I do, every, you know, we heat our, our houses heated that way, or we do all our water that way. So when I found out about these stoves that you could cook on that were developed for missionary work, that use very little biomass, they do not smoke, and they boil water faster than anything, I'm like, give me one of those. So I bought one, and they're just this little stove, wood gas camp stove. They don't even make them anymore. But then there's a lot of other gasifier stoves. So I started buying these stoves and rocket stoves, which isn't quite gasification. Um, and so I've just been a – I've got 50 stoves around here, just the pyro, testing all this stuff. And and then I got into it. It's like, wow, the next step of gasification is to run an engine. So I bought a generator, drove to mm-hmm. Connecticut and picked the thing up, brought it back, modified the carburetor so that I could accept wood gas. And I bought a prototype gasifier from Victory Gasworks in Washington. Um, so I didn't. I modified it, but I didn't build it. Uh, ben Peterson built it. It's a prototype. We've been talking a long time. I got it on my birthday. Started working on it. Got it hooked to my truck, hooked to the generator, and ran it. So I have a thirty thousand watt generator running on White Oak and Hickory. Wow. And then. Um, so I'm excited. I'm like a little kid. Nobody understands it. Nobody's getting it. I'm making hydrogen and carbon monoxide, and I'm and I'm running this engine, but it's stationary, so it's boring. It makes electricity. Nobody got it. So I went and found an old Ford pickup truck with the same cubic inch displacement engine, and I threw the gas fire in the back of the pickup truck and was driving around on wood. And you know, I was running my whole house off of the gas fire, and people wow. said, "Well, whatever." And then. And when I put it in the back of the old pickup truck, everybody's like, wow, that's awesome. And, that's <laughs> yeah. how, and I'm like, really? It's not as awesome as what I was just doing. But um, right. they thought that was cooler. And then that's when Nat Geo picked up, found that YouTube video and contacted me for Doomsday Preppers. Yeah, okay. How about that? Yep. And so one of your major specialties is, um, let's say a group is looking for a retreat or they found a retreat or a, a homestead, yep. and they just need some consulting services like the movement of water, exactly. solar, oh, and that's fun. exactly what you do, isn't it? It's so it's so much fun. It is. I did uh, two today. I get on a get a plaque, get on Google Earth, um, Google Maps, and or or go to the actual site and measure elevations, distances, changes, and everything, and just go and give them a plan. That is an infrastructure plan, where they should drill their wells, how they're going to run their water lines, where they can put their cattle waters, chickens, rabbits, whatever they want to do, house location, set up, take advantage of elevation changes on the property, the biomass for wood, what stoves, um, solar siting. You know, we do a lot of solar installations. So it's kind of a a whole system approach to come up with a sustainable um, retreat. And I don't care what the home is. I don't care if you want to do a tiny home, an RV, a tent, a, a mansion. 
we're going to do the same exact things. So we have, you know, people, customers that have a, you know, mansions, you know, 7,000 square foot home and people that have an RV and we do, we apply the same principles because everybody needs a hot shower, like to stay cool in the summer and warm in the winter and have plenty of food and be able to cook that food. Everybody overlooks that. A lot of people don't have good hot water solutions. So we do, you know, spring development. It's, it never ends, and it's just the. It's, if you it's said the word, bad. if you've said the word ram pump, or I think a ramjet or ram pump. No, it's a, it's a hydraulic ram pump. Ram pump, yeah, I've heard that. I've seen at least every other video you're talking about water, which is pretty cool because I, I don't know anything about movement of water, but you were talking in this video about how um, you had to take it up a hill, and then down mm-hmm. a hill, store store it in a tank. Which yep. then was gravity fed to the house, and I'm like, okay, that that takes some um, engineering to figure that out and how to do that. Yeah, it's fun though. It's really not that bad. It's not rocket. It's really not that difficult. I mean, it's just water flows downhill, <laughs> and um, and <laughs> a lot of him flow downhill. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, I did that one. In May. That was so awesome. I told the customer, I said, "Do you realize you have an? They got a seven a gallon a minute spring com- coming out of the side of this mountain." I said, "Please let me develop that for you." And so we run it down to a tank, we ram it up the mountain, 128 feet up, and then we have, you know, he's got 30 to 50, depends on where he's getting it, 30 to 50 PSI, and he's com- and it's mechanical, EMP proof, there's no electricity involved, and that's the beauty of, a, you know, 18th century technology. So out of everything that you use for, I guess, I guess electricity, because I'm, I'm, I'm even looking on your um, Facebook right now. Uh, don't know if you know this, but we're friends on Facebook. You're <laughs> friends with Scott? I am. Oh, wow. Suck up. I see that you've got the, uh, the mobile solar unit and everything. Um, what, what is your favorite? Do you like the solar, the, the, the water? Oh, gosh. That, the, I have no identifier? I, I we do a ton of generators. I love the diesel generator. I mean, it, it's it's all of it. Um, when it comes to making electricity, um, it can be anything from a thermoelectric generator. Where you put this gizmo on a heat source and it makes power from you. I think that's fantastic. It's just not a lot of power, but it's enough if I want to charge AA batteries for my you know two-way radio. All the way on up to a hybrid. You know, bat- a hybrid system that has a generator, solar panels, wind turbine, the whole hydroelectric, you know, whatever your property has, solar is basically our hub. If we can get you a solar system, that's going to be the hub and you can add hydro to it. Um, but, I, you know, the last few years I've been working with Gain Solar, a good buddy. He was at Prepper Camp too. And we've been having fun just building Prepper systems using solar, wind, hydro generator interfaces so um a lot of companies when you do solar they're just a solar company and they don't want to talk about this stuff but to me it's like well how are you going to make hot water how are you going to have a hot shower how are you going to cool the place how are you going to cook so it's a systems approach to preparedness that we take that is it's fun solar is just one of the tools in the toolbox to get the job done so there's a We've got 10 different ways to make electricity. So is it a portable roll-around unit? Maybe that's all you can afford, or you are you really are mobile, and you gotta, you're got you just taking more of a camping approach. But if you're at a homestead and you're kind of the hub, you know, you might need a bigger system. Awesome. Hey, um, Scott, we're going to take one more quick commercial break. We'll be back with Scott from Practical Preppers in about a minute and a half. You're listening to The Prepping Academy, the information you need before the world ends. When disaster strikes and your GPS is useless, ancient navigation techniques will ensure your survival. New from Ulysses Press, Prepper's Survival Navigation. With this guide, you can easily travel through even the farthest, remotest places, utilizing tips from the United States Army and lifelong wilderness experts you'll learn life-saving navigation techniques, including how to orient yourself using a topographical map, find north using a compass, shadows, and stars, calculate distance using landmarks and pace count, navigate unfamiliar terrain using dead reckoning, travel in low visibility, use landscape features to pinpoint location. This definitive guide to terrain navigation also teaches you essential survival skills like firecraft, water procurement, and shelter making. 
Prepper's survival navigation is essential to have on hand during any outdoor adventure, including the weekend family outing. On sale now. Find Prepper's survival navigation on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Prepper Broadcasting, or wherever fine books are sold. Do you have the ultimate wood-burning collapsible survival and camping stove? Stop looking. The Under 6 Elite Survival Stove by SurvivalStoveWorks.com can cook a meal in under 6 minutes with just a few twigs and sticks and without all the smoke and black soot. The Under 6 Elite weighs under 6 pounds and can be assembled in under 1 minute. This survival stove is made in the USA by patriots and preppers like you with high-quality steel. The Under 6 Elite Stove with all the extras is also easy to store and transport in its own carrying case. It's on sale now with free shipping. See it in action and get yours now at survivalstoveworks.com. That's survivalstoveworks.com. Yeah. Okay, we are back with Scott Hunt from Practical Preppers, and all of a sudden, um, Tenderfoot just started one. He just wanted to laugh at me. <laughs> Why did you just start laughing then? Okay. Oh, I didn't know we were muted. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, my next question for you is. Um, Really, um, two part. One is, what's your biggest fear? And I'm thinking it's probably an EMP. And if that is the answer, my question is, is the EMP as bad as they say it's going to be? Because I do I consider not. you, and I consider you an expert in the EMP. Because you're an engineer, and you you know the electrical, you know this stuff. So yeah, how do you feel about that? Um, it is the worst-case scenario, in my opinion, in a high-tech society. If we were in Uganda, it wouldn't hurt us. <laughs> Other things right. would. Um, right. But it, but in, our, in the society we live in, everything, every, everything in our infrastructure is dependent upon electricity. So the EMP is the most insidious weapon to take us out. Um, so if electricity isn't being distributed, nothing else is. No communication, no water, no food, no fuel, no, nothing, and it will be mayhem. So EMP um, is is kind of the worst. Um, so there, you know, when it comes to solutions for EMP, I don't know if you want me to go there at all. Um, that's a whole, it's a big subject. Um, there are some, I've put some out on, on YouTube. There are some things that you can make electricity that are EMP hardened, EMP protected, okay. one being the Solark. Um, the simplest low-budget approach to EMP protecting of yourself and your devices is to is to plug and play you know you've heard of the faraday cage the faraday cage does work um i do believe that in some ways it is over um it's it's there's there's some hype there's some things that are much tougher than people give them credit for the solar panels are a lot more robust um granted if it's a nuclear 200 kilovolt per meter direct blast nothing with a printed circuit board which is almost everything we have is going to make it um, so, you know, then we can talk coronal mass ejection and the sun and all the natural events that can take our, 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 our fragile grid out. So right. again, that goes back to preparing. That's why as a mechanical engineer, I have mechanical solutions that do not rely on electricity for me to survive. So if I can tell people, you know, I love high tech stuff and I'll talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but if you can go back to the 1800s and have good hand tools you know how to grow food. You know how to get your water. I put in so many hand pumps and wells that are mechanical devices. You know, there's 2 million wells in the state that you live in, you know, and people could get what They could not get water out of a North Carolina well unless they knew how. Even though they've got this thing sitting in their backyard, they don't know how to get the water out of it. And that's we go around putting a lot of hand pumps in to help people. That's a mechanical device. It's EMP proof. So if I had a hand pump, a wood cook stove, a roof over my head, and food, I am so prepared for an EMP. Well, how do so, you text and make phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> well, with the phone that I pulled out of my EMP Faraday cage and my own gotcha. repeater that I built. No, I mean it's not going it, to. There won't be. But right. Do you have water and do you have water and food, and can regulate body temperature and protect yourself? All of those things can be done without electricity. Electricity makes you allow allows you to survive in style. So and, with with all this that you're talking about, you, you you talked about connecting a gasifier to your house. You and I know you have to have solar panels on your house currently, and I know there has to be some 
I won't say issues, but I mean, your wife has to truly be on board with this because someone yep. has to keep the, 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 the fire going when you're out consulting and things. So is your family fully on board and, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, like my solar system, like I try to, I try to set systems up for people where they don't have to think about it. It's automated. It's pretty automatic. If you know, it's working, it's selling power back to the grid every day. If it's not hooked to the grid, no big deal. It's ready for when they need power. Um, the, out, the wood boiler is something that I can, you know, it's a, I, I try to, yeah, cause I do leave and you know, they're like everything I've been kind of perfecting over the last 20 years is I've implemented at my place. So it works. And, you know, yeah, occasionally my kids have to go put wood on the boiler, but that's, that's, it's not a hard thing. I mean, we prepare ahead. The wood's all there. It's dry. It's going in the stove. It's very simple. Open the door. If you want a hot shower, you're going to, they're going to put wood on the stove because that's how they get their showers. How did you get uh, your wife to come on board? I mean, was it just, well, she's more paranoid than I am. <laughs> ah. Oh, so you've got to marry the right person. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, we we do, we just talk about world events, um, end times events. We're not conspiracy theorists by any shape of the imagination. Um, and we just, you know, agree. We're just, we agree on when it comes to it. Look, we're not, we're not sticking our head in the sand. She has never stuck her head in the sand. Just said, look, things could get bad. And it's just looking at the world and and the reality of it, and things are going to get worse. Everybody hopes they get better. Well, they're not going to. And, you know, no matter what your end times beliefs are, what the timing of things are, you know, things are, things can get rough. So, you know, if, if Jesus said there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, and earthquakes, and pestilences, and famines, and these things at the end, you know, those are things to prepare for. You know, so, so and you can so, go ahead. So with your Bible knowledge of end times and with how we are in 2017, what, not that Scott has a crystal ball, but what, what right, are you imagining? Not. What are you imagining happening in the next five, 10 years or so? Yeah. Well, when I look at, you know, with Putin being, um, you know, the king of OPEC, which is crazy, he's, you know, I, I look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, the formation of that, Isaiah 17.1. So all the players that we were told to look for, all the end times events, the markers are there. The signs are there. Um, the formation of Gog and Magog and Ezekiel 38 is, is there. It's happening this week. <laughs> um, so, the, so the players that were right. named you know, were, were, are there. So I don't set a date. Date setters aren't allowed, you know, but, you know, I just – these things are going to come um, – and most of the church doesn't want to talk about end times, and it's kind of scary to me. The, the more we're here, the less they want to deal with it. But, you know, it's fascinating. It's an exciting time to live. All the signs that Jesus said to look for are here, and it, it's kind of fun. So whatever you – I mean, I just – I, you know, it's, it's, it's prudent for a man to prepare, prepare his family. I can't – I can't prepare for the book of Revelation, okay? I can't handle demon locusts coming up out of the ground stinging men for five months. I, you know, I've studied it. I've taught it five times. There's no way anybody can prepare for Revelation chapter 6 through 19. They either fold themselves or they're, they don't, they've never read it. Um, it's, you so can't a press big them. gun can't do it? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. <laughs> no. No. And it can't protect you from wormwood. It can't. You can't prepare for those things. But it doesn't mean, you know, we have we have legitimate reasons to prepare, because like you mentioned, EMP. If electricity, a lot of people will suffer, you know, and you know, people do suffer for the lack of knowledge and for lack of preparedness. And you know, I if, know I, if I if I fell off a roof and broke my back doing a solar job. You know, the amount of preps I've done would get our family through a long time before we'd have to regroup and do something else. So I just, you know, it's, I like to play chess. I like to think ahead. A lot of people just don't like to think ahead. And that's all prepping is, is thinking ahead. I don't, there's not one possible, there's no scenario I'm not predicting. I'm just saying prepare for all of them, make it a lifestyle. It's fun, it's enjoyable, it's rewarding. Um, it's, it's exciting folks. I just, I, I enjoy doing it though. 
So we need to be prepared not only for physically, mentally, um, spiritually, and we also need to have some preps. I mean, that's the full package, correct? That that is the full package. And what is the goal? But the full, you know, you know, if you're not prepared, you know, if you know, depend. There's a lot of people that are lone survival type. They're by themselves. They're not gonna. All they they're selfish. They're taking care of themselves. That's great. Whatever they got these amazing bushcraft skills, but we're called to help people. We're called to help a lot of people and you can't help anybody unless you're prepared yourself. And so when time difficult times come, are you going to be able to be a resource to help other people? And so, you know, that's why, you know, preppers kind of take a different look at it than survivalists. Um, You know, this is not my home. So I'm not glued to this place. You know what I mean? I'm here to help. <laughs> I'm here to right. do what I'm supposed to do. Um, whatever, you know, I feel this is my calling is to help as many people prepare. My wife thinks I'm preparing for people that are going to go through a tribulation period to keep them alive. Um, so yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I'm with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good to hear, you know, you say these things. Forrest has definitely said, uh, these things, uh, you know, since day one, since I met them, um, and you, we don't get to hear that a lot. And I think, you know, um, from preppers and, uh, it's just good to hear that. And I think, I think we need to hear more of that, that message. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately you do, you have more of the, the doomsday off the wall stuff. And that's what people think that, uh, we are, but, um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear you say all that. I appreciate it. You know, we're not to be fearful. We're not to be fearful. If your motive, if your prepping is motivated from fear, it's kind of, it's, that's not, not good. That's not a, that's not a very rewarding way to live your life is to be fearful. We're not to do that. So, um, I don't know this is, I mean, it's a subject that we could talk about for hours. It's a, right. it's a wonderful, wonderful topic, but it is the most important prep. Like you said before, you, you know, what are you doing? It's postponing the inevitable that you're not going to go to heaven. But you're right. well prepared here. What did you What did you do? You know, you, um, Jesus said you're a fool. You you gained the whole world, but you lost. You you missed heaven. Right. Yep. That we're we're on the same page, Scott. I've, I've told people, yes, you can go hide and protect your family at your retreat, but your ultimate responsibility is to not only help your family, but to help others in the community. You got to figure out a way to do that. Um, and keep your family safe at the same time, if if they, you know, if 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 that's what you choose to do. But yeah, yeah. I'm on the same page. You got to help. You got to help others. I mean, you do. And, it, and there's a lot of peace. And hey, to, to die is to what? What does the Bible say? To die is to what? To die is to gain. Gain. You know, Paul yeah. said it. To gain. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we don't want to. We choose life. But right. you know. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I mean, he's the ultimate prepper. Right. He's got a place prepared for you, you know, Forrest and me and, and, you know, everybody that is. Not you, Tenderfoot. (laughs) Tenderfoot. I kind of opened that up for you to get him. (laughs) Actually, he is, I mean, uh, you know, Tenderfoot, I mean. He is a, I mean, he's a church plant genius. He, um, so he's done that many times, and he's, um, so he knows that he's, he's on the same page. Hey, so um, this, what a short show this has been, but we've got a lot of details to cover yet, Scott. But like, tell us about um, how we can get in touch with you, um, and then let's, I mean, I know let's talk about your book. The, the I mean, this has been out for some time. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't remember when I, you know, it was cool. It was very challenging. I spent six months putting it together, uh-huh. and um, it was kind of um, how we scored people on Doomsday Preppers. Every subject is taking the report card that we scored people by and fleshing it out. So water I did in groups of threes, foods in groups of threes, and I just, it's they didn't want me to write a real detailed, nerdy, go into too, too much depth. I, I, the publisher just, they came to me and asked me to write the book. Right. Okay. And so that's what I did and kind of went by their guidelines of the, the level. They didn't want me to go crazy in depth. So, you know, the book is a comprehensive, we're covering a lot of aspects, not every aspect of preparedness, but a lot. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, 
So the book and it's forward by yeah. Wim Fortune as well from the uh, author of. Um, yeah, he and he and it was a nice endorsement from from Doctor Fortune about the book, so I appreciated that. And uh, you know, going through all his books, I'm like, you know, just I'm a practical. Well, let me see the fact. How are these people printed? I mean, he's a great writer, but in terms of getting the solutions into people's hands, you know, even though one second after, and you know, all the books in the series are great. Are people actually getting what they need? You right. Know, that that just got yep. people fired. You know, they got people awake. Now what? How do I put solutions in people's hands that they can and you actually? Do, you go through every many topics you, you yes. hit on here, but that's called the complete guide to disaster preparedness, and it's yes. by Scott Hunt. Um, great book. I've had this book for a while, and there's a little bit about everything in here, just about. So I, I like that. And also, you do consulting. You do that from through your website, correct? Um, PracticalPreppers dot com. Yes, and then email info at PracticalPreppers dot com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, YouTube's another avenue, and then I do try to do all the social media. Kind of slack on that when I'm working. Um, So, and then we go. We go on site. We put. I put in almost 370 hand pumps. Wow. So. And that allows me to get on site and actually talk to people and help them figure out, you know, that's just a simple thing to do, gives them peace of mind, and then we talk other things. And here's the reason why people need to contact you, because you know of programs. You were telling me about one, I think it was at Heritage Life Skills. Yeah. They can actually, the government can help you set up your water system and help pay for it. I mean, you know all yes, these little neat tricks that you can yes. that can help people. Yeah, the NRCS is the National Resource Conservation Service. Um, that is a tremendous program. I shared it with a consultant, a client today. Um, NRCS, the High Tunnel Program. People trying to grow food. Um, look up NRCS High Tunnels. That's a that's another neat program. So there's you know. There's programs out there that will pay for wells, fencing, waters, all sorts of things. Did I lose you? Yep, and, and you, yep, we're here, oh. and yep, we're just listening. We got two minutes left, so I'm trying to wrap this up here. So YouTube, you're, you got some great videos on there. Your engineer, seven seven five. Everyone can look that up. You also do you speak at events like Prepper Camp um, and the one in Iva. What's the name of that one? Um, um, that was like the preparedness gathering. That's a long, yeah. I guess, had a hard time over that long name. But yeah, that one. There's you know Heritage Life Skills with Jan yep. up in that one, and then I've done them up in sheesh, everywhere, uh, Washington, Virginia, wherever. So, I'll go wherever. So people, I mean, go go check his website out. Go buy his book. It's a great book. Um, check him out. I know he's in the in the in the um, Carolinas at at Prepper Camp, Heritage Life Skills, many events. His videos are awesome. He's got a, a great following there. Um, and you're actually, I mean, you're just, I'll be honest with you, you're kind of a blessing to the people in the Carolinas because we kind of know you. And, mm-hmm. you know, we go and we listen to you and we get to talk to you. And, I mean, you just, you help many people out. And then I appreciate your your your, your love for, for, for God and Jesus. And, um, hey, thanks for being on the show, Scott. Of course, thanks for having me, and thanks for forgiving me for blowing it last week. (laughs) No problem at all. Um, Thanks, and we're going to have to have you on again for sure. Hey, everyone. Thanks, Thanks, Senator. Have a Merry Christmas, too. Yeah, Merry Christmas. You too. Hey, hey, that was Scott Hunt from Practical Preppers, an amazing guy. Love that guy. Um, Go check his books out on Amazon, uh, The Complete Guide to Disaster Preparedness. Um, We are the Prepping Academy. We are live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on PrepperBroadcasting.com. Monday night, 9 p.m. on PrepperBroadcasting.com. There's a chat room um, that's going on. And this is the Prepping Academy at PreppingAcademy.com. Um, and we're here. We Hey, we, we, we know we're mediocre. I always say we're <laughs> mediocre. People's like, stop saying that. We just enjoy doing this. And having conversations like that is awesome. See, I've brought your ratings up. Are you <laughs> and, and without tenderfoot, you know, you know, they say that Kyle kind of disappeared, and maybe you will too. Now, anyway, hey, thanks for joining us. Y'all take care.
www.preppingacademy.com. Today's broadcast has come to you through the courtesy of the Prepper Broadcasting Network. See our hosts, show schedules, archive programs, and more at PrepperBroadcasting.com. Thanks for listening. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.